cranky. We have chosen a selection of songs that speaks to the nation as a whole. You have a surgery when you get your appendix out. You got a boob. Yep, surgery. Things America needs right now that is sunshine and optimism. Yay, Also, angels. You can't hit me. Well, sure I can, unless you got yourself knocked up again, slut. Yay. Send her to an active crack house. Welcome back, everybody, to the choir room. Back for another episode in this series of finale watches here as we are up to the season three finale. It is time to look at goodbye. Uh, we went through season one, season two. The finale is there. We're up to season three with a couple more to go. Very excited to continue this on. Of course, I am not alone here. I am Matt alongside my co-host, who I can see right now and is drinking and might not be ready to answer me just yet. But no, he looks good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not nice to seeing you. Uh, I'm on. How are you? <laughs> Oh my god! I took one little teensy. I'm about to turn my camera off. No, 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 no. This is teensy, this is fun. <laughs> weensy sip of lemonade. I'm being called out. Um, I'm great. Back, back, back again for season three, episode twenty-two. Not to we... call you out, but do you realize that your catchphrase is "back, back, back again"? <laughs> yeah, I, I use it quite often. Yeah, I think on every podcast you do. It's uh, yeah, I I got it from Drag Race. I don't know which queen oh. kept saying it, but. I think it's stuck with me for some reason. I just keep saying it. Obviously, so, yeah. I hear it here with you, and then I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm no, no one's a bigger Amon stand than I am. I listen to every other podcast the boy does, uh, and I've heard you say that on all the other ones as well. So, just yeah, waiting for the. I don't know. It drop. just, it just feels, it just feels right to me. I just like the way that it. It's just easy to say, and it's fun to say. Back, 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 back again. Back again. Uh, yeah, um, great. I'm great. I'm like, I feel like I could just do your whole intro. Um, and then if I, and then at the end when I say, oh, anything else? Nope, that's it for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you're having fun. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, uh, yes, glad to be back to talk about the season finale of, or season three finale of Glee. I have actually some thoughts this time. I mean, I've always had thoughts. <laughs> actually, this time I have something to say. So. But I feel like since, you know, we've done quite a few rewatches and rehashes of this episode, I think I've, you know, I'm starting to feel a little differently about it. So, yeah. All right. And uh, we have a, a great guest with us today. Very excited to have this person on the show for the first time. Uh, very, very excited. I've been a fan of hers over on Post Show Recaps for a little while now since uh, her debut, what, about a year ago? Uh, welcome to the choir room, Latanya Starks. How are you? Hi, I am delighted to be here just so happy this is a dream come true people might be like she's she's just saying that but no <laughs> it is an actual dream come true to be on this podcast i was waiting for the call i feel like for my whole life and then i finally <laughs> got it via twitter and i was so excited about it so i i could not be happier than to be spending some time with you two talking about glee which was a big part of my life actually anytime somebody in our orbit you know the rhgp world psr whatever like comes out as a glee fan to us it's like christmas morning it's like we get a whole <laughs> new person to talk to that you know it's not like oh stranger that like knows about glee whatever that like we can just be like hey let's make a friend it's you know an already implanted friend that we can just expand you know here with with glee um what has uh what has been the the glee story in your life what uh you said it's a, been a big part for you yeah, so um, I started watching Glee when it was just a random pilot that Fox aired before fully picking up the show. Um, I remember that they put the pilot out like quite a, 
a, a while before they actually started airing any of the other episodes. And I want to say that it was something that was like accompanied with a football game <clears throat> on Fox. And so I, you know, like at the time I was uh, the executive director of the Milwaukee Urban Debate League. And I remember showing the Glee pilot to my students during our like recreation period and getting them really excited about the show because I was so excited about the show. I'd watched that pilot a million times and downloaded all the songs. So, yeah, I, I really I knew about Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk because I'd seen what they did with Nip Tuck. Mm hmm which mm -hmm. was just a truly wild show. <laughs> and I've still never seen it. It's, I've never seen it, but just knowing that Jessalyn Gilsig was on it, it has made me consider going, yeah, going yeah. to watch it, but never it, have. It, there, are, there are some things in there that have not aged well. Um, you know, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk really tried to make up for a lot of what they did in Nip Tuck on Pose. Um, <laughs> and, and were to varying Paying degrees successful. Um, so yeah, it's just, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was excited that they were doing this show, although I, I had no idea how they were going to do a show that was set in high school because that didn't seem like their vibe at all. And then when you kind of learn about the, the various plot lines that are going on, especially with the teachers or even some of the students, you know, it, it, it becomes really obvious that it's part of the Murphy verse. So my family and friends and I were all full on Gleeks, especially for like the first and second seasons. And my family and I would like have watch parties for it. Essentially, oh. it was it was a good bonding activity, and everybody would argue about who was the better singer, and we all were upset that Mercedes got no love. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I you stick with it through all six years. seasons? I did. I I, st I stuck with it. Even when my heart was telling me not to. Well, that's good. I, I mean, like nine out of ten people again. that were a Glee fan in the early days did not. So yeah, I was like, it could be good again. Maybe it'll something will happen. But then, but like I haven't revisited it because it's so sad to go back to this show. In a lot of ways, there's just there's been yeah. so many tragedies yeah. from the cast, the main cast in the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as as anybody that followed along with us going through, uh, you know, as we were in the midst of a rewatch, you know, losing a cast member, losing Naya during that mm -hmm. was like absolutely, uh, you know, did not did not compute. And like, how do we respond to this? Obviously, again, if anybody was following along with us, we kind of kept marching through because this podcast was bringing us and a lot of other people joy during that time. And I think a lot of people would have uh, been upset if we had just completely disappeared and we were also looking to just keep moving. But yeah, I, you know, obviously um, completely take that point. It's been, uh, you know, some, some episodes are easier to watch than others or tougher to watch than others. And uh, right. You know, any, anytime that like you get an episode like this, for example, where everybody's just happy, everybody's smiling, celebrating yeah. you know, all the joy, like that's the part where it's like, okay, this is always going to be easy to watch if you can kind of put everything else to, you know, to the side for a bit. Yeah. So. I was definitely able to put everything out, out of sight, out of mind and just kind of focus on the fact that, you know, I, I love the characters. I love the, the show, especially the early days. And the songs are just iconic that they choose. And a lot of times the, the Glee versions of songs are better than the version, the actual, like, you know, versions of songs that are put out there by the artists. Say it. 
say it. It's just true. I still have Glee songs that pop up on playlists. I was taking a friend to the airport um, the other day and had on uh, a playlist that I call A Million Reasons because the first song is that Lady Gaga A Million Reasons song. (laughs) And I can't remember which Glee song it was, but a Glee song popped up on there. And I was like, I will not shuffle through this. This is Mm -hmm. a bop. Yeah, the music is an everlasting gift that you can continuously return to forevermore. Um, And it always just takes me right back to watching it for on the episode for like the first time every time I hear a Glee song. So mm-hmm. that's um that's something that is I think that's something that keeps you tied to the show because like I said, you can listen to that music on and on and on and on. Um yeah. even if you're not always watching, you can still sort of get your glee fix by just listening to their voices. So yeah. um I think that's why it the show really does still have such a hold on people is because you know music is sort of universal, you know. So mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it is I rare. Agree. I mean, the 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 way that you can consume the show in two different forms. Like, there are so many popular shows out there. Uh, even whether you're looking in the same genre, I mean, I'll always talk about Degrassi in the same genre or whatever the heck show you're watching out there. You watch the show, you sit down, and then you you know go out, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your life, and you're not watching the show. But with a show like Lee, where you can uh, exactly what you just said, take the music with you and uh, listen to it, or uh, you know. Uh, while you're running, walking, driving, whatever whatever you're doing besides just watching TV. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, definitely has a lot to do with why this show has maintained such a strong fandom over the years and doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And those songs grow with you as well. You yeah. know, they, 100%. They, they choose a lot of songs. Many are classics from Will Schuster's childhood, obviously. But then, you know, there are just just the like glut of pop artists who said, yes, you, you know, Glee, you can do my songs. The fact that Beyonce was fully like, here are several songs that you can do Glee when, you know, like that's the least Beyonce thing ever. Yeah. Um, that, um, every, I mean, there, I wouldn't say several cause there's not quite a, there's not a lot of them on there. You can probably count them all. Maybe, maybe one hand, two hands. You can, but I, I feel like but that's the a, fact that's that a they, lot. That yeah, for Beyonce, yeah, exactly. I yeah. know what you're saying. I'm I'm yeah. always uh I'm always talking or making that point when we're talking about <laughs> Beyonce on this podcast. But yeah, I uh I agree. I I just think that the the music is just such a integral part of the show, and um you always I think one of the joys of this podcast is that we've been able to um you know recelebrate our favorites, but then also I've made I've made several new favorites out of mm-hmm. all of these covers just mm-hmm. in the past two years by doing this podcast so is literally literally the gift that keeps on giving yeah and even yeah. still like literally watching episodes for like the 13th time by now that we're watching them uh yeah i'll, I'll be That's like oh, literally wow. the like, number that i put down for watching this episode in my notes <laughs> the 13th time. Um, I le- legitimately you know we'll still find a song and be like oh that actually hmm hmm something here something yeah there that wasn't there before um yeah so I think there's something there that wasn't. There I was before. gonna do it. I was gonna do it, but I wasn't gonna do it. I mean, I set I you up like, for it. Why wouldn't do you it. do it? <laughs> I literally went there. On I was purpose. trying to anyway. behave in front of the guest, but now nope. given there's no need to behave in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I've come from the crack house that Rachel Perry stop. <laughs> Well, okay. So, question number two, aside from you know where was uh, where where was Glee in your life for you, is is kind of of course uh, what characters resonated with you the most, or or at least whichever direction uh, stands out more. Yeah. Okay. So I at at 
the beginning of the show just became obsessed with Leah Michelle's voice. Um, and I, I, I was just like, I feel like there's no song that she can't do. I know that Leah Michelle has <laughs> um, her issues. There have been many <laughs> uh, problematic things that have come out about Leah Michelle. Um, but she's got one of those undeniable voices, I think, um, that just really tackles a classic Broadway show tune or a Celine Dion song and and takes you to a different place. And and I think it's hilarious, whereas, you know, when I would play Leah Michelle for my grandmother and my grandmother um, was a singer, like she sang in choirs all the time, as did I, but like, you know, she was a lot more prolific. You know, she actually was recorded on albums, uh, like gospel albums. And so when mm-hmm. I would play Leah Michelle for my grandmother, she would be like, yeah, she has a, a fine voice. She's just, it, you know, it's it's kind of, um, she would say her voice is soft. And I was like, she's belting, like the whole time she's <laughs> belting. And then it wasn't until um, she had to sing along with Adina Menzel that I was like, oh, okay, I understand <laughs> what my mm-hmm. grandmother is talking about. Because in comparison, even at a belt, she's nowhere near the power that Adina Menzel's voice has. But I just think that she has a really unique voice. I and I cannot, like, I have followed this woman's career since Glee because I cannot get enough of her. And I thought that the show didn't do justice by her. And that's Amber Riley. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were still talking about Leah. I was like, no, no. I, I, I recognized the switch right away because I was no. like, this is about Amber. <laughs> yeah, no, total transition now to Amber Riley. I have followed her career uh, since she's been on Glee and just been so excited for everything that she's done. She just, she killed it on Dancing with the Stars yes. to show that she wasn't just, she's not just a voice. And for me, Amber was so much representation for black girls, for big girls, you know, for being put in the corner as a big black girl, especially when the new shiny white thing is there to like take everyone's attention, i.e. a Rachel Berry. Um, Mm -hmm. I loved listening to Mercedes get a chance to showcase her voice. So when she did Try a Little Tenderness, I lost it. Any Aretha Franklin song that she did, I I just like, like my entire family was just like in a puddle, basically. <laughs> um, because my grandmother knew Aretha. Um, and oh, wow. Aretha, yeah, Aretha came to our church once and sang. And it was just like, you know, you're having a spiritual experience already because you're in church. But this was just be, like above and beyond. I have church, church. Yeah, that was like she took us to church and we were already at church. <laughs> um, I I hadn't seen that kind of talent again until I saw Amber Riley. I just thought like she can do anything. She's only being used as like the big voice at the end for like trills and you know. Um, and runs and I, and that's annoying. Right, and that's but, what they would joke about. They'd be like, "Oh, the park and bark." Yeah. It's like, "Okay, it, you know." It's like there's only so long you can make a joke about it when you keep doing it. Right. Like, stop doing it. Um mm-hmm. and then, you know, when she sang and I'm telling you, um it mm-hmm. was just a precursor to her 
I need to look up whether it's an Obie Award or an Olivier Award. That Olivier. This, uh, Olivia, the Tony that you win in Britain. On the West she End. She won yeah. for playing Effie White uh, on the West End. And I was just like, this woman really had to go to Great Britain to have her talent understood and appreciated. Like, she she tried out for American Idol, did not make it. Um, just ridiculous. And then she was, in my opinion, completely misused throughout Glee. I mean, even in this, like, finale episode, everybody else in the cast essentially gets a song except Mercedes. Like, Mercedes doesn't get her own song, which is ridiculous. She's a senior, too. We only learn a little bit about what it is she's going to be doing. So I that that was something that always like stuck with me was just how poorly Mercedes was used and how frustrating it must have been for Amber Riley. Yeah. Um and then finally, sorry, any any more Amber Riley love is always appreciated. Yeah. No, I, I mean that was uh that's when when we get to the episode that's a good jumping point in there. But you had one more? Yeah, and then um Naya Rivera is just like a force to be reckoned with. Like you know, she could dance, she could sing, she was hilarious. Like, I, I still go back and watch her, like, watch YouTube videos of her just reading people. <laughs> um, I love it when she starts speaking Spanish and she's like, soy de Lima Heights adjacent and <laughs> cosas malas. I just cosas love it. Um, and um, yeah, I just, you know, getting a chance to see her be really the breakout of all of the unholy trinity the breakout of all of the the cheerleaders who inexplicably wore their uniforms to nationals (laughs) 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 um yeah i just loved loved it um and my my favorite i think my favorite song that she sang was probably river deep mountain high which was a duet with um amber riley Mm -hmm. um it just like their voices together are so good yeah. I, so I love those three. You can never, you can never have that song miss. Like it, it play at any time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always going to completely go there. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, a top pick that was our number one or number two, or was it tied them on, uh, of, of, of our voted, uh, best Glee songs. I want to say it was tied for number one oh, or maybe I, Valerie was number one. By I hair. literally cannot remember. It was, it was either tied for number one there. or it was it number was one two. one of those, yeah. As, you know, voted on by Glee fans, by Choir Room fans, and, you know, all yeah. of us put together. It was uh, it was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, yeah, let's transition into talking about this episode and all three of those characters and some more. Because uh, here we are at the Glee Season 3 finale, uh, coming off of uh, Season 1, where we went to regionals, did not win. Um, but, you know, that was a little bit more so about the club's first year together and, you know, uh, them... Again, just kind of coming together. Uh, of course, Quinn having her baby there. We go to season two. Uh, we mm-hmm. make it to nationals this time, and we're going to New York. And uh, we're all experiencing New York for the first time, seeing sights and smells and all this kind of stuff that we've never experienced in our lives. Rachel and Will and Kurt living out their dreams, uh, but ultimately not uh, living out their big dream of winning nationals because uh, they flopped on their face, especially Finn and Rachel, <laughs> uh, you know, sharing a kiss that nobody wanted uh, to see there. So uh, we're coming into season three where... As far as, uh, you know, Latanya and I did uh, both go back and watch the Na- the Nationals episode, which is the episode mm-hmm. before the finale here, uh, we see that we do have successfully, uh, we have successfully won Nationals. The Glee Club did it. 
Will won Teacher of the Year. Uh, everybody is happy. Everybody is celebrating. And now in the season three finale, it's time to say goodbye because all of these seniors are going to be moving on to uh, some bigger and better and some just moving on, uh, you know, in their lives. So we have to see what everybody is, uh, you know, who everybody is saying goodbye to. Uh, we get some kind of definitive answers for each person on what they're doing. Um, and Aman, as I was saying, we're, uh, Mercedes is a good jumping off point here because I was going to kind of touch on uh, all of the seniors here. We have uh, eight of them or nine of them, uh, whatever the the number ends up being once Brittany is taken out of the equation for not graduating. Um, mm-hmm. Mercedes does stand out as, you know, we very quickly brushed over her. She did not get the walking through the hallway like everybody else did telling her story. It was just her and Sam. Oh, look, they, you know, some youtube video and they accepted me and i'm gonna go or i'm gonna go you know make my career here we go yeah um i i feel like i mean they, i mean and they can maybe they can justify this by saying oh well we sort of gave her a bit more of a moment during the uh during the disco episode because that was like centered around uh santana puck and mercedes and about what their plans were going to be and we learned that that's what she really wanted to do we don't learn anything else really about like what kind of school she's applying to if she doesn't make the the if she doesn't go for the singing thing like what kind of major she would be interested in they they did say she'd be taking extension classes at ucla but you're right they don't say in what and what like is it just, like so like what else, what else, what other dream is there for you so we don't really get to learn much and it is sort of just pushed through i don't remember at this time did we know that she was already going to be returning for season four um obviously we knew that she wasn't going to be gone entirely and we knew that glee glee had been greenlit for season four um so you know maybe it was just one of those things where they were like okay well we'll, we'll just deal with it next time but are you really going to? No. no. She's going to so... be in three episodes in season four, and uh, it's just right. to come back and, you know, shimmy with the with the Grease cast. And, and, and not only... Right. And not only do we not really get any uh, real finale for her, we don't really get a lot of the interaction from the rest of the seniors and from some of the underclassmen. Some of the other seniors have someone else that can anchor them to this, to the emotional gravity of the episode. Um, but... They try to make something happen between her and Sam, but it's not really enough. Like, I mean, the cutest thing that happened was that Sam did, you know, put all those balloons and everything next to her locker. That was great. But aside from that, she was sort of like off on her own and sort of, you know, not really contributing to the story, which... And even in even in uh, episode 21, even in the Nationals episode, it's, you know, we're starting off with using Mercedes as a plot device being like, oh, Mercedes is sick. She's really down with the flu and uh, we need to get Quinn and Tina in. And then all of a sudden, you know, that, right. it, it doesn't mean anything to any part of her story at all. It's just like uh, a way to get Quinn and Tina involved in the Trouble Tones number, which is great. And then they go to do the show circle. Mercedes is like, I'm better. Sue did magic. Like, I'm good to go. But. You know, it really nothing is like Mercedes's moment. So, Latanya, you know, to to your point, you know, we're wrapping up three seasons of having this mm-hmm. main, you know, main character from the original six, and all of the rest of them that are seniors, at least here, are going to get their moment. So, yeah, it, it does sting a little bit or a lot of bit for anyone who is a big Mercedes fan to not see her get the big goodbye that all the other ones get. So, and also, you know, Sue will. Take that child to urgent care or a hospital. <laughs> like, like, don't just she was down. do the plan that you saw in Jacob's ladder and fill the the bathtub with ice to get her fever down. This is how well, we lost Anna Nicole Smith. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> well, you know, I probably, you know, there aren't a lot of things that I would trust Sue Sylvester, Sue Sylvester with, but uh, to get me back up on my feet, I probably <laughs> trust her with that. I, I trust you with, with that. illegal steroid injections. Yeah, yeah. I, I I trust her with that. Mercedes is like, yeah. I got steroids running through my whole body. I was like, oh <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> They really do at at certain points just give you steroids and you're like, yes, I can conquer the world. (laughs) So I I wasn't surprised that she bounced right back when she got that. But yeah, it's just, you know, I have in my notes a whole little corner that is called the criminal underuse of Mercedes Jones. Just like, you know, I don't understand why it seems to be that people in Hollywood don't believe that the majority of people can identify with stories that are centered on black people, like, mm-hmm. or just storylines that are centered on black people. Yeah. You know, there were so many people who identify with Mercedes and wanted to see and, and thought that she was the most talented one in the whole show. And so the idea that she just kind of gets a backup singer gig and is taking classes kind of and that and that's all we get from what her whole life is going to be right. after after high school after 3 seasons. Yeah. It's it's you know, I mean we've talked about this at length. I'm sure. About, you know, how and part of it is because from what we know, the writing team wasn't that diverse i mean most of the episodes were written by either ryan or ian or brad and there's like a smattering of other writers that are in there as well um so there's there's the issue of them not necessarily knowing how to write for black women or black men i mean i've talked about how i've gotten my hands on the original pilot script for glee and the shit that they had mercedes saying lord so it was the just stuff it, that she said anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know? So imagine, imagine <laughs> what would have, oh my God, Glee would not have even gotten past the first season if they had left that stuff in. So yeah, it's just, um, it, it just, it wasn't great. Um, and I think, I think nowadays that they're like, now that we have so much more of a push for diversity, not only behind the camera, but in front of the camera and all over the camera everywhere, like, you know, it's, it, it, mm-hmm. it makes it a little better. And I think, I think that those doors do get brought down a little bit. I hope I hope that that was, you know, I, I and I think I think we we see that a lot more is that there are people that are willing to take more chances on writers of color to to inject more of like a realness into these characters because I feel like there's like this like I think that you hit the nail on the head all the time. I think there's like this sort of like maybe not so much now, but like 10 years ago there was like this weird thing where like life just sort of happens to black people in television mm-hmm. as opposed to them living life it's like right. the, like they're just sort of like this is there and then like going through the motions and it's like hi we're here too so it's you know yeah. we all have our and own it's little just, experiences yeah i the way that i think about it is that you know you could i, I was i was read i've been reading a lot recently about uh Zoe Kravitz and kind of her experiences uh, playing the new Catwoman, how she was told that she was too urban to audition for Catwoman when the Christopher Nolan movie featuring Catwoman was being Which, filmed. Do you know her parents? Like, not that, there's any, not that there's anything wrong with being urban at all, but like Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet, like <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, yeah, 
And, you know, have you seen her? No. Anyway, and, and it's also just like she said that, you know, uh, I, I, I am a fan of Big Little Lies. I imagine that you all, are you, have, are you a fan of this show? I thought the first season did not see the second one. That's the only one you really need. But, um, you know, apparently her character was so well-developed because it was written originally for a white woman. Mm. So... I just kind of think, you know, if you're having a lot of trouble writing for, you know, a black character, then just imagine they're white and maybe that'll make you feel better about things. You know, if, if it's too <laughs> or just hard hire for black you to writers. actually hire – yeah, but that's too hard. If it's too hard for you to find a black writer um, to hire to be able to bring some diversity to your writer's room, then just imagine your character is a white person – and then just write them as well as you would any other white person in your show. I just don't think that they, you know, they they did not know that the show was going. Obviously, they, t- they took the chance on the show, right? But they did not know that the show was going. They The writers have talked about this during season one. They didn't know if they were going to get another season. They didn't even know if they were going to be able to make it past the first half of season one. So mm-hmm. you just put as many characters that you think that you need to fill out this, like, little hodgepodge of a glee club. Um, and the next thing you know, then glee is like this worldwide phenomenon tons of young fans that attach themselves to whatever characters they that they want to and it sort of like has a life of its own and then you know you have you, your skis are out ahead of you you don't really know what to do and so you sort of just decide to just put all of your attention on a few select characters and then push one of them to the side and unfortunately you know mercedes alongside a few of the other characters just happened to get the shit end of the stick so I just wish, mm-hmm. and you know, Amber Riley has, you know, she's come out a little bit more over the past couple of years, especially during this pandemic. Then changed some of these actors. Man. They didn't, <laughs> yeah, they've been out of work. They got out of work, and they were like, mm, "So let's talk." <laughs> like, and it's been reunion after reunion, and Instagram live, and it's like, "Oh, you, yeah. you want to know the answers? All right, I got the answers for you." Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're like, so, "We're bored." So, so she, Amber, she Amber knows stuff. she 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 felt it when she was there. She's definitely vocalizing it now. So the beginning of know, this I, pandemic was was uh, the whole Leah Michelle exposed party, right? So I don't know if <laughs> we'll ever glorious. get like a reboot or a like. I don't I, I don't imagine that if Glee does get a reboot, that it will have anything to do with these characters. I think no, that not it'll, at all. It would be brand new. Mm-hmm. It'll either be like completely brand new, different story, different like the, the throwing that to the to the wayside. Or to be some sort of like continuation, and maybe they'll like have like cameos here and there. Yeah. But you know, I would just hope that obviously now with everything that we've learned as a culture and society, that the characters that they bring us next time will not suffer the same fate. Right. Um, yeah. Speaking of all these characters, again, we do have a lot of seniors here that are that are graduating, that are moving on with their lives, and uh, you know, as we said, uh, some of them get more attention than Mercedes. So when we're opening up this episode, we're uh, catching up with uh, or Will's walking into the uh, into the choir room, seeing the original New Directions all uh, doing a, a repeat performance of "Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat," which is you know very cute. <laughs> All of the uh, all of the rest of them who were not part of that original six are watching, and they're like, "Oh wow, this is what you guys did before we got here. That's crazy. Thank God we showed up." Um, yeah, <laughs> Santana's very uh, alarmed with watching this performance. Um, but yeah, uh, Will goes into this week's lesson. It's time to say goodbye, and he's going to kind of lead in with uh, his example performance here, which is a performance of "Forever Young," which uh, you know personally kind of bores me to start off the episode. Not the most exciting yeah. way, to, but you know it's fine. Um, I kind of liked it this time around. That, okay. was, that was what I was referring to emotes. Like after the thirteenth time watching this, it actually got me a little bit. I was actually quite emotional. I don't know why. 
Oh, I was emo- I, I, I cried the whole way through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I said it. I don't know why because it's Glee, but yeah, um, yeah. I I I I think this is this, you know it's, it's okay. It's a good Will song. I'll give it to him. I liked it. He's not rapping. Quinn wanted him to. She's like, I hope you're gonna, or what she said. Or she maybe did. she said she hopes she's not gonna rap or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, I no. She said, I hope you're rapping. Like, oh, please help yeah. me rap. But she wanted it. She, no. <laughs> like, I One guess she just time. wanted a little bit more of what was used to before she had to go on over to Connecticut. <laughs> before she was gonna, you know, do some uh, quickies with Professor Patches. Um, yeah. Or, so yeah, uh, Will's gonna sing for them and give them also this assignment of uh, having the seniors sing to the underclassmen and the underclassmen sing to the seniors. And I kind of feel like it's an easy spot to just kind of tie that all in here together. Uh, we get two performances throughout this episode of um, the seniors singing. Uh, well, I probably should have you know. Well, I wrote the song down. What you is get it? You what get you what you give. give and you give, uh, you give. what's the other one? In my life, I always want to say. I always want to say in oh, your wait. eyes. Because whatever, um, but that's what Will sings in season. They do four. sing that. <laughs> so the they, seniors sing. You get lot, what you give. A lot of different songs that they have throughout here. You mean the ones that are just all the all, the whole group? The the big ones. The senior, the seniors and the underclassmen songs. Oh okay, are, uh, yeah. You get what you give. And in, in my, my life. life, glory days. Um, and then that at the end, that Leah Michelle does "Roots Before Branches." Right. Yeah. So these these two songs. I'll, that the, I'll uh, remember that they is each another other. song. Right. The ones that they sing I'll, to each I'll other remember. in uh, in the choir room are uh, "You Get What You Give" and "In My Life," and both of those definitely get the tears flowing for me. Like the seniors are just having a lot of fun singing to the underclassmen, mm-hmm. and uh, this is you know by the time we get to this point of the episode, uh, we've found out that Brittany is not going to be graduating. So you get you know Santana singing to Brittany rather than with her, so that's sad. Um, and then later on, when the underclassmen are going to sing, you know again, just all around very emotional here, Latanya. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was. It, you know, going through, <clears throat> going through, um, like thinking about watching this show for the first time. I remember being super, super emotional when uh, I saw this episode because you know there's the combination of you've been through everything that you have over the last three seasons with this group of ragtag, you know, kids. But then there's also the fact that you are recognizing that a lot of these shows when these kids go to college don't work out so well. And so even though the show was already renewed for season four, it was kind of like, you know, you're feeling a loss of, we're not going to have these people in the choir room anymore. We're not going to have these people, you know, uh, have these stories like focusing on them being in high school anymore. Um, And so, you know, there are like some, some sweet moments here like you know um i i think it's i think i i love kurt uh and his dad i love their relationship but i can do without yet another time that a bunch of people ruin the single ladies dance oh no (laughs) I, i can i can do without it i get that um that Britney S. Pierce was actually a backup dancer for Beyonce. And so mm-hmm. she's al- always featured in the, in those, but they're always just ruining it for me. Like that was, that, that is a dance that I learned and I love and I just can't. Um, so <laughs> I can't believe Bert Hummel doing the single ladies dance is not enough to, uh, to, to satisfy all of us here. 
Yeah, sorry. it's adorable. You know, it's, as far as a gesture goes, when we get that from uh, from Bert, he shows up to give Kurt a big graduation present, and you know, Kurt's getting his own story here about how you know he he's grown so much over the years, and you know, he used to be so quiet and shy and in the dumpster, and now he's grown, and now there's like younger gays in the school that are kind of walking around looking up to him and more confident in themselves because of maybe some of the work that he's put in throughout the school and everything with Karofsky, all that stuff. So we know, you know, that obviously he's been yeah. on a journey. Not yeah. them being carbon copies of of Kurt, like in the fashion. I know the boy that walked past him in the hallway. It was like I was like, I mean, Kurt may have opened up a couple of doors, but I'm not dressing like the guy. You <laughs> <laughs> can yeah. keep the hippo brooches and God knows whatever else he got oh, in God, his closet. That, the brooch that he wore during graduation, I don't know that I realized the first time how giant that that whatever that cockroach. Oh my he God. Is, he is a hoe for a brooch. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Huge. I love you. Get what you give. Uh, it it just I just love it each and every time I hear it um, more and more and more. And as you were saying, Matt, I I do appreciate all of the little moments that um that all of the seniors sort of have like with their anchor, right? Like mm-hmm. you have the the Santana and Brittany moment. You get the Blaine and Kurt moment. Um, and I kind of you know I enjoy Darren Chris's performance in this episode because. I mean, they already sort of like went through the whole, oh, my God, Kurt's going to leave. And it seems like you can't wait to get like they were fighting at the beginning of this season. Right. After he had given up everything to go and leave Dalton. And I feel like there's still like a little bit of that there in this episode. Like it's not I don't think it's over. Maybe I could be reading too much into Darren Chris's acting. But it felt to me that there were moments of like when there'd be like, oh, there's like a little bit of connection going on there, like, like on Kurt's end. And Blaine is like not as like oh, this is all fun and great and lovely and you're leaving and we're sad together. This is beautiful. It kind of did feel like a little bit more of like, fuck, like you're really about to leave. And like, I really appreciated Mm -hmm. that subtlety because, Mm -hmm. you know, moving into season four, that's going to be a big factor for those two. Yeah. Right. Um, Mike and Tina, obviously, uh, the the Quinn and Joe stuff was kind of endearing, even though we didn't get a lot of them. I feel like if we had a bit more time with them, maybe, maybe that would have like landed a bit more. But obviously, what they were going to end up doing with Quinn later on in the episode couldn't have happened that way. Um, but then, yeah, once again, not to harp on the moment, but like Mercedes didn't really have anybody. I mean, she was just messing around with everybody. It was just like, <laughs> it was yeah. just like... Uh, she she went up to Sam and gave him a little whatever. Yeah, but, uh, but it was like so. It's, it's kind of meaningless was, because Sam Sadie's yeah. at this point doesn't really mean much. I mean, it's yeah. you know, starting, yeah. but it's not till yeah. season five where we really sink our claws in with them. Um, but, but I yeah, won't harp on it anymore. That's the last thing I'll mention. It. The the curtain blade of it all is uh is you know it's definitely uh. You know, countering the Santana and Brittany of it all, where uh, we're both getting these stories of one of them is moving on, the other one's going to end up staying behind, and it's going to mm-hmm. be very sad. I mean, I, I'm sure I talked about this at the time, but I fully sympathize with the juniors and, and underclassmen in this situation because I was always friends with older, uh, my, my yeah. friends were always older than me, so watching them leave was always very sad. Uh, and it was like, oh, things are not going to be the same. I don't care about yeah. being the, the oldest kid in school. I don't care about being the senior. I want to have my friends here, and all my friends were graduating. So that always sucked. Um, I. Yeah, I kind of related to that hardcore when watching this episode for the first time, like back in my senior year, because um, the 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 year prior, like for our musical theater community, like that we were the class where it was like, oh my god, like after the class of 2011 leaves, like who's we're left? left with the class, like we're left with the class of 2012, like like the These class children? of 2013 were like not enamored with us as seniors the way that they were enamored with all the previous classes of seniors and the same goes for us and so it was just like i i felt like that's it's a loss yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. yeah yeah we definitely 
for our our version of Dare, essentially, which it, uh, at some point I became the president of because by my senior year, in a very Rachel Berry fashion, I had to be the president of everything. <laughs> like <laughs> I was on Go every off. page of the yearbook. No way. Um, but we did a song and dance, like two songs. Um, one of them was uh, the Grease, like We'll Always Be Together. Um, for our seniors that were leaving from the peer intervention program. Um, and so, yeah, it was so sad. I, I did musical theater, <clears throat> excuse me. I did musical theater with, um, with seniors, uh, when I was maybe a sophomore or a junior and just got to really care about them so much. And yeah. like, they were a big part of my life. And then when they moved on, it was just weird. Yeah. You it know, it's like you're celebrating with them. You kind of look up to them. You're kind of just, you know, you become so close to them. I, I don't know what it is about, uh, <laughs> about this relationship that like, I seem, it seems like all three of us or a lot of us form with, uh, the seniors. So every, every time that they move on and even just watching it from, you know, my TV screen, uh, watching them move on, obviously it's devastating to, to know that it's not ever going to be the same again. It's you're living in this dream world of like, all of us are just great friends and we're doing this fun stuff together here in high school, getting through it together. And then, you know, it doesn't last forever. So ooh, sad. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, with the Kurt and Blaine of it all there, uh, Kurt is, you know, promising that they will figure it out, uh, you know, next year, even though they're going to be in different places and, you know, we'll, uh, stay tuned to that to see how that goes. But, you know, anybody who's watched the show doesn't go the greatest, um, or at least in season four and season five. Um, Kurt does get to deliver this performance though of I'll Remember where he wants to give his goodbye song and you know he's talking about how you know in the choir room everybody just you know uh, embraced me and I was appreciated and it didn't matter everything else that mattered in the hallways with some of these other Neanderthals it didn't matter here so you know he just loves and appreciates all of his friends yeah um, and sweet dedicating it to the men in particular um, Mm -hmm. who you know some of them faltered in the beginning but towards the end they all you know, they all considered him just any old normal kind of person. So yeah, I uh, I relate to that hardcore as well mm-hmm. with Kurt. Um, yeah, Latanya, any thoughts on the uh, I'll Remember performance? I just really love that song a lot. Um, it I I remember <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> I, I I remember um. <clears throat> being very into that song when it was on the radio because I think I can't remember what movie it was in like soundtrack it was a part of but it was like omnipresent on the radio for like a year of my life and then um I hadn't heard it for a long time and then I heard it on glee and I was instantly like oh, <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> um and you know to have Kurt sing it to you know the the group of men <clears throat> that, that you know accepted him along the way and yeah. helped him become the person that he you know is today was really heartfelt and just very beautiful i just thought that was a, a like nice little grace note mm-hmm. um to to bounce back on to uh you know obviously we were talking about Mercedes is like you know completely robbed in this episode but also not that like he's any kind of major character he's literally his existence in the Glee Club is as like a side character but Mike Chang really gets nothing here besides you know some quick scenes with Tina and Amon finding yep. out like where he's going to school and then it's like all right Mike Chang senior uh, junior graduating congratulations 
which you know is you know a, a little bit more acceptable than Mercedes, only because Mike has sort of been like a background character, like he's a legitimate background yeah. character. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas you know they really they there was an effort at least put in with Mercedes multiple times throughout the series, um, and we do get we do I mean season three is probably Mike Change's most prominent season, and we do have like uh, like a three or two episode arc with him and his dad and Tina in the beginning, so. We do get the most Mike content that we are going to see, and at least we did get to see his his story arc pay off. Because in the beginning, it was all about whether or not he was going to be a doctor, whether he was going to be go to dancing school, and it looks like his parents finally accepted him, and he's going to one of the most pre- prestigious dancing schools in the country. So, yay, Mike Chang, and yay, yay Tina yay, for making Chicago. it happen. Yes. Yay, Chicago, baby. Uh, Amon, when did you become a note taker? By the way. Uh, it's just part of my 2022 journey. What can I tell you? I didn't even realize it. And then you said earlier something about I had my notes. And then I, again, I can see you today. Uh, and I see a notebook in front of you. And I was like, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> trying new things. Trying to grow. I want to Come on, sit down. You're rocking the boat. Really? <laughs> sit down, <laughs> sit down, sit down, sit down. You're rocking it. All right. Um. So the other, you know, as we were saying, kind of uh, the the curtain Blaine kind of runs parallel with the Santana and Brittany uh, here. And we do get a very, you know, uh, it, it starts off a very cute scene of Santana and Brittany out to dinner with uh, Santana's mom. And it's like really touching because we know that Santana is not accepted by everybody in her family. And they talk about that here. Uh, her abuela specifically does not uh, accept Santana for who she is, but her mom does. And, you know, they're all out to dinner together. They're talking about, you know, what's next. And then Brittany drops the bomb here. Uh, actually, I'm staying behind in Lima for another year. Um, and Santana, you know, very shocked about it. But Brittany, you know, is literally like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. What <laughs> she, did you expect? She, she mentions her 0.0 yeah. point average. So, yeah, I mean, who surprised? I don't know why Santana didn't think that this was a possibility, but, you know, she was kind of laser focused on her own career, uh, where she was going next, considering everybody else is getting into all of these great schools and great deals and all this kind of stuff. And she's kind of focused on herself. So, um, you know, not not surprised that she was a little distracted, but, you know, it's that's that's what we have here. Brittany's not going to be graduating. Santana's mom, who is played by the magnificent Gloria Stefan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can we just say? Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if at any point anyone paid any attention to Britney's grades. They probably should have, you know, <laughs> like, Brittany. I, <clears throat> I just don't understand how you're a cheerleader. If you have those grades, you, you literally wouldn't be allowed to cheer. Um, so you can know. make anything happen, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sue decides to rectify that in the beginning and the next season. But, um, Yeah. I guess uh, this was just the year that they needed for everyone to just come together. I mean, that would have been an interesting plot point, though. Like, if they had, because they made it a, a big deal about Puck, right? But, like, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. for Brittany, it's just like, oh, that's just Brittany. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what is there more to explore there? Like, obviously, Puck is yeah. going to graduate, and Brittany's not going I mean, to graduate. I mean, it's like so. something to raise the tensions. Like, oh, well, you know, Puck and Brittany can't participate in nationals. But if they what don't get do the you do with like, another year of Puck? So yeah. it's fine. Get him out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we had a new Puck rolling <laughs> in, so it's fine. Um, yeah. Santana deciding that she are we are we at the point where she's 
deciding she's not going to go cheer yet? Yeah, she's later? she's got, you know, these big decisions to make here. She doesn't know if she wants to go to school. She doesn't know what she wants to do. She wants to just be a star. She's been telling us that since a couple episodes back in the uh, the disco episode. So she's been saying, you know, I, I don't really know. Uh, and she ends up with this scholarship that, you know, is very exciting for her. But she's still conflicted. You know, by the end of the episode here, we get her decision uh, pretty much concrete with her mom that she's not planning on going to school. But her mom who's kind of going to give her some extra support along the way. So, again, all's well that ends well kind of uh, for Santana with her mom by her side and Brittany supporting her. Um, but yeah, a lot of tough decisions here. Let me I, tell you something. I, I don't blame Santana for not wanting to go to Kentucky. Um, Kentucky is the only place that I've traveled a lot and Kentucky is the only place where I have not been served food. And this was oh, not no. like a fancy place. This was a freaking waffle house. Like they just refused to serve me and my friends. Um, and we were all black. Okay. Well. <laughs> so. That's I'm lovely. fine with her not going to Louisville. Yeah. Frankly. Fuck Kentucky then. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm. I think the, the, the best thing that I enjoyed about Santana's um, arc in this episode was just the the entire exchange with her mom um with the money situation where like she reveals that she had this whole check made out to her after 18 years of saving christmas bonuses and spare change and all sorts of money um to be able to help her pay for college because that is such a huge sacrifice mm-hmm. like i know that people think oh well you know you have kids and you're expected to to support them but like college is a lot of money and not every yeah. Got it like that. So it's too the fact much that money. She, it's too much, especially nowadays. Like, so the fact that her mom was able to at least, and I don't expect it to have been something like as huge as like you know maybe a full four year ride, but definitely something to get her started, and that's that's great. And so, and the fact that Santana was so was also able to just be like, well, you know what, I don't need it. So why don't you have it, mom? Like, I just love that. And then for the mom to be like, you know what? No, then if you're not going to use it for college, then at least use it to go to New York. So I just love that whole like volley of just like support between mother and daughter. Cause we don't really get a lot of Santana family scenes outside of Abuela. So we just nice to see that. But I also found interesting. I think I've mentioned this before when we talked about this episode, but I just found it so interesting that um, mama Lopez was so quick to cut off Abuela. Like it was just like, um, when they were talking about how Abuela didn't, didn't accept her, she was like, yeah, I know. It sucks, Miha, but you don't want anybody in your life that doesn't support you. She was like, damn, okay, that's your yeah, mom. but that's your mom. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I, I get it, I guess. All right. Yeah. It is what it is. So I mean, she knows her own mom better than than anyone else, and she knows that. Uh, well, maybe, maybe it's her dad's mom. Maybe it's her mom-in-law, so she's like, fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> that, could, that could be it. I feel like they give I us never the impression her that anyway. it's not that case, but... <laughs> If that that would make a lot more sense of just yeah like who cares about her, um, <laughs> but either way you know they're really trying to just take away the the support that we have here for Santana from you know again her mom and from uh, Brittany and we'll get to season six where we're gonna get back to Abuela and see you know how things are going there. So. Abuela and her diverticulitis. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so, again, ultimately, Santana's going to get this money from her mom. She's very surprised. She's like, where did you hide? Like, what did you where, where did this come from? Uh, she's like, you had this money the whole time. And she's like, honestly, you know what? You just take it. You keep it uh, yeah. for yourself because I'm not even going to go to school. So why would I need this money for school? And, you know, her mom being very supportive is like, OK, well, you still you take it because you're my daughter. This is for you. And, you know, 
what she says something about like you know I don't want to I would I would hate to be somebody that gets in your way because you're going to be unstoppable. So you know we know that's true. Glad her mom does as well. It's very sweet. yeah. Uh, that's all. I mean that's all Santana really needs is that push is right because like if she uh, obviously with Brittany staying there she's going to want to be tied to Lima but you know she really wants to be a star and she talked about how embarrassing it was that you know Mercedes has something going on. Uh, Mac Chang has something going on. All of these people that she probably seemingly thought weren't going to be like, you know, bigger stars than she could be. So the fact that um, she's getting like a, a chance to actually move off to New York is a lot of fun. So I don't know. Do we just get into this Finn, Rachel, and Kurt thing yeah, here. We, uh, we have to. Um, Lord have mercy. A lot, lot of Finchel here <laughs> in this episode. It's it's pretty much about them. Um, <clears throat> I kind of feel like this is, I don't know, maybe the best spot for um, my, my thought and my take, and I'm sure it's not the first original take of this thought here, but um, going off of how LaTanya and I watched, you know, Nationals as well uh, before this one, um, I really feel like it doesn't make any sense, the order that they did this. I feel like they very easily could have put the entire, this entire episode up until the end uh, should have been episode 21, and then Nationals should have been this, with yes. the end of the Nationals episode still being the Finn and Rachel scene with Rachel leaving. I think that that would have been perfectly fine. You know, we still would have been able to get all of Nationals in. We still would have been able to get them singing We Are the Champions to Will in. We would have been able to get Tongue Tied in. Uh, all of this, and then to end it Wait, with- so you're- you're saying you want the letter reveal to happen in the Nationals episode and they go off to Nationals after getting the news? Or do you want the na- you want the letter reveal to happen at the end of Nationals? Um, honestly, either way. Whichever way, you know, when we're putting it together makes more sense. But Nationals itself belongs at the end to have this big celebration followed by this crushing, oh, Rachel's actually leaving. Because the rest of this episode, while I don't think it's a bad episode, and we'll get to that later when we're rating it and whatnot, I do think this has way more big, like, penultimate episode vibes of, like, we're all getting ready to say goodbye and finding out what the seniors are doing before they all get to go out with this big celebration of a Nationals championship win and then you know like that's like we're all winning we're all celebrating we're all happy here and now rachel's gonna go rachel and finn have their own story um so i don't know that's just kind of how i was feeling i was like you know doing my usual rewriting the entire show of glee uh deal here but um the the finn and rachel story that you know is going to a small little task just a small little thing there um the finn and rachel story obviously we're still on the wedding here they did not they did not get married uh earlier in the season after quinn got into her accident and now they're still planning on it um the two of them are still you know kind of uh going in opposite directions with their futures uh rachel knows where she's going to New York and Finn thinks he's going to New York too because that just seems like the easiest thing to do but over this episode he's going to have some internal conflict wanting to redeem his father's you know uh, name and legacy and everything regarding the army um, and not sure if New York is the right thing for him plus he's going to have this audition with inside the actor studio as he uh, you know puts it and uh, he's going to uh, be unsuccessful there so it's just you know these two have been on such a, uh, a roller coaster over the past three seasons, and you really feel like we're setting everything up for a nice ending together as a couple. And then they hit you with roots before branches as they go their separate ways and really, you know, take you on this ride, uh, Latanya. Yeah. So you know, <clears throat> I'm not. I'm okay that these two 18 year olds aren't getting married. Frankly, yeah. um, <laughs> I felt that way when it aired originally. Um, and I still very much feel that way. Um, the, the fact that they're like planning their wedding and like Mr. Shoe is the best man. And it's just, I, 
it did not seem right. It, it's not that I have anything against Finchel um, or have anything against their kind of like forever status. It's just that I thought this was a bad move uh, uh, given that they were both so young and they had so much that they could have possibly done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it it was like very much of a quick like turn with thinking that she was being driven, you know, under the guise of like driving to their wedding. Fen takes her to the train station to go to New York. And my whole brain this this time watching was just being very practical. I was like, is she packed? Like, did her dads like know that this was happening? Do they have like the right clothes for her? To- <laughs> they like, planned she it. She used to have a suitcase. Everybody but, else like, was in on know. it. Yeah, they played. They yeah. had planned. Yeah, and I, I thought I I like did tear up a little bit when, you know, yeah. she's on the train and we see that everyone has come out for this day. It it's not their wedding, but it it is an event that everybody wants to celebrate and that's sending Rachel leaving. Yeah. Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> yeah. Woo! You see how happy they are when she's, when they're waving goodbye. Unlike Finn. <laughs> I just thought of it as them, uh, you know, wishing her well and knowing Rachel, like this is her dream come true. Mm-hmm. So she gets yeah. to go and live, you know, her dream and all of her friends and family are there to support her. So um, I I really appreciate this entire, this whole Finchel plus Kurt storyline. Um, I agree with you, Matt. I think it is a bit stunted the way that they chose to put the letter reveal here. Um, I think that we did need a bit more time, but I don't mind it too much. I think that this is a really big moment for Rachel's character. I don't know if I've ever really felt this before, if I've mentioned it on the show before, but I think the decision, albeit maybe ill-advised, to wait a whole year to wait for your boyfriend to figure out what he's going to do and the way for your best friend to figure out what he's going to do and help them get into school with you, maybe not the best thing. I mean, but deferring your applic- deferring your acceptance doesn't mean that you're not going. It just means that you you got into school. You're just right. taking a year. And it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a gap year. And a lot of people do that. So the fact that she has such a selfless moment, and yes, you can still argue that then at least she would still have her support system when she left to go. But the fact that she was going to dedicate an entire year to helping the two of them get into New York with her, I think that's a really great moment for her character. So um, yeah, the the letter reveal and then going straight into that, it was a bit jarring to the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think character-wise, it was great. Yeah, that's a good point. I, um, I don't think of it like that usually. Yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I saw this entire end of this episode differently. I don't know why, um, but I'm, I'm thinking that discounting the series finale, I think Lee season three has the best season finale. I think it's just emotionally stronger than the rest. Yeah, there are some loose ends that don't get tied up gracefully. I mean, we've talked at length about Mercedes. Mike Chang, all of that in there, even Quinn to a certain degree, even though we do get that lovely yeah. moment between her and uh, Coach Sylvester. Um, but I think just, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've mentioned so many times on this podcast about how Glee season three sort of seems to be the, the, the first end of this series, right? And then season four is like a 
not a brand new show, but a completely different era of the show on to the end. And I think just that shot of having my particular favorite iteration of the Glee Club all being at the train station, having Sugar there, having Joe there, having Rory there, all of those side characters that we've grown to love over the course of this last season with the first iteration of the Glee Club just being there to wish her well and to see her off. Um, I don't know. It just hit me in a different a different way this time when I watched, and I just I feel like the like, and I've grown to love the song choice as well. Um, even though I really wasn't I really wasn't a good Roots Before Branches fan in the beginning. Neither was I. And I just uh, I think that it just hits all of the emotional pressure points that you wanted to hit. The dialogue between Finn and Rachel was great in the car. Once again, and I know I've made this point before, I think that is some of Leah Michelle's best it, acting it's in the series. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it blows me away every time when she like pulls that emotion out and she's like crying and you believe every second of it. Like mm-hmm. the way that she is so blindsided by this person she's in love with and the way that even after all said and done, all she can say to him is, I love you so much. And he says, I love you too. Uh, after she just you know, ripped, he just ripped her heart out and both of their hearts out and stomping on them because he's going to, you know, I mean, it's obviously with good intentions behind it all. Um, yeah. But just again, to completely blindside her like that. And she's just, she loses it. Uh, she doesn't know what to say or do in uh, deep down. She obviously knows that he's right and that she has to go through with this and, and follow his plan and her dad's plan. Uh, and she's going to, she's going to get on that train very, you know, she's going to kind of, you know, shake it off a little bit, get on the train. She's upset. She gives Finn a kiss goodbye, but she knows that New York is her dream. And, you know, Finn's not, you know, uh, saying, you know, never speak to me again or, or anything like that. Again, it's with the best intentions in mind. So she knows that this is, again, what she needs to be doing. So agree with everything you yeah. just said there. Yeah, I, just really, really strong moment for both of those characters, I think. Um, great song choice. Just lots of great moments. Seeing all of them off. Um, the, her little, little small little moment with Kurt as she gets, he's about to get on the, on the train too. Just mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I think that's my new stance now. I think Lee season three is a pretty, pretty solid finale. And we get plenty with, you know, uh, her actual romantic partner, uh, Quinn Fabray, when they, uh, have a little moment in the, in the bathroom of, uh, you know, just saying goodbye to each other and okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's rewinding and then we no, 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 you can't do that. Point that I made. Um, but I mean, uh, Quinn doesn't really get like the biggest story to tie in, uh, you know, or I mean, to close out her, her chapter. I mean, it's enough for, I guess, Quinn by this point in the series, especially knowing that like uh, she was not the most beloved person, I guess, by Ryan Murphy and whatnot. So uh, you get to this point and she does get to at least have her walking through the hallways, you know, goodbye. And she's going out on top and she's going to help Puck through this problem that he's having um, and just go out with all of her friends here at graduation. But um, I do like the the moment that she gets with Rachel in the bathroom where, you know, uh, all of these connections that Rachel's had throughout the past couple of years besides just Finn of course you mentioned Kurt um, there's all these people that have really kind of turned around on her as uh, you know uh, from this annoying girl who was just you know obnoxious and uh, was was considered you know very uncool to be around or to be friends with or to be singing in a club with um, and all of these people that have come around to to enjoy her and are buying metro tickets to come see them up at school so um, it's definitely a good episode for Rachel yeah Yeah, Yeah, it is a good episode so it's just yeah it's just it's good i don't know why it's like hit me so much more this time around like i guess i've always sort of like just never really seen it for this finale um because i just i don't know i just something about it like watching it when i was a little younger just felt so 
it just didn't feel like resolution to me. It felt like we're just cutting it off. And I'm like, what is like, what is this? But I don't know, like just seeing that shot of all of them waving goodbye to her, I was like, oh, wow, this is like really an end of like a this is a snapshot in time. And it just I don't know. I think that it's just everything is captured very, very well um, for her yeah. character here. The FOMO I mean, I you know, Ryan being on that train. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? <laughs> Knowing all of my friends are still together and have time together. They're probably about to like go to lunch or some They're shit. going to breadsticks. Yeah. Like, what are you all doing after this? Right. Like now they're probably like going to have like whatever the fuck the reception mm-hmm. was that we planned. Like. <laughs> oh my god i I would you not get on the train just for fomo <laughs> yeah that, that i mean that was that was a choice too to to pretend you're taking someone to your wedding only to take them to the train station um but I, yeah it was it was also really interesting i think that when we realized that um you know this is what's happening that rachel is going to new york I'm pretty, and, and we get all of the like good Lee and Michelle acting. I'm, I think they go to handheld camera um, from then on out, which just makes it really a lot more real. I think that's why you feel like you're with the character more, um, and it it really just puts you like in her position and makes you feel like all of that emotion that had to have been like rushing. Because just think of, like, all of the things she had to have been feeling. She essentially went through a breakup of an engagement, but no, but knew that, like, you know, it was only being done because Finn wanted her to go off and, like, live her best life. Mm-hmm. And she is getting to go to Niata. Like, this has her, been her dream, and now that's coming true. And she also has to do that while leaving all of her friends behind. Like that just has to be a like wild spectrum of emotions to go through. Certainly. And Um, again, Rachel or Leah delivers it really strong. So I found, uh, I guess it's like it was uploaded to YouTube a few years ago and I've been looking at some of the comments and a lot of them are like, this is kind of where Glee ends for me. Like a lot of them think that this should have been the series finale. And hell no, I don't, I don't know if I would hell go no. that far. Yeah, but no. I understand the sentiment in that it really does. It's a timestamp. Shows think. are allowed to have multiple episodes that feel like they could be a series finale because that that tells you that we're at good different points, cutting up the show into different places. So, I right. I definitely appreciate that it feels like that and that for maybe even for I mean I, I I'm sorry for some people that this feels like the end for them and they want to not continue on because there is a lot of good stuff in the back half of the show um but I I find that to be a good thing when there's multiple yeah. points that feel like you could have stopped here because if you want to stop there for sure you stop there but I'm going to keep watching seasons 4 through 6 um yeah. Quick hits here on the uh, two storylines that are uh, not the most, you know, crucial to the episode, but do exist. Um, Sue and Roz, Aman, we we talked about this at the time, how quickly this comes and goes of like, oh, we're going to take down Figgins. And the next thing you know, it's like, what, an entire season goes by and still no See, Figgins I was in such down. a cozy mood and you brought that shit up. <laughs> what a waste. What a waste. Um, I mean, it could have been there. something great. It could have been something great, you know, like. I would have loved to have, like, you know, Roz Washington is more prominent fixture in Glee season four, but doesn't really happen. doesn't really go anywhere, but it does lead into the moment between um, Quinn and uh, Sue, which is always nice. Yeah. So We get some great mm-hmm. insults from Roz as usual. Roz Washington, yeah. Latanya, are you a Roz Washington stan? 
how can you not be right? Um, you know, and I, when, when he first showed up on this show, I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> she was uh besties with Ryan Murphy for like two years. Really? I didn't yeah. know. That. She was on and his it, other show. The new normal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that they would be really good friends. And that's, that's kind of how she got the gig, but it was, hilarious to just see someone make fun of sue because you know sue was kind of like all powerful um like all knowing all powerful and then um just the ways in which (laughs) nini leaks called that woman old i just just she called her everything but shout of god like just just the insults just kept coming even as she's walking out the door like yes but hey, you get what you give. Hey, but, but like you said, yep. it leads into a very cute scene with Quinn uh, there. So you know, I guess this is, is maybe I was underselling Quinn's uh, goodbye here because it does, this this scene is very nice where uh, we're going to kind of come full circle with uh, Quinn and Sue, where Quinn kind of had some distance from Sue uh, throughout different parts of these first three seasons, where she was not with the Cheerios anymore, and then she was back and she was whatever. Uh, but when we're ending here and we're looking at these two characters, where you've had kind of like the Rachel and uh, Rachel and Will uh, stuff that's been you know consistent. We We've also had, you know, the Quinn and Sue that's gone along here and to hear uh, Sue saying, you know, you used to I used to think that you were a young Sue Sylvester, but you're not. I mean, we do have a lot of similar qualities, but you are a better person than I am. You are not as evil as I am deep in deep in your core, and my core. And I, you know, do think you're going to go big places and I can't wait to watch. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. And I did did (laughs) cry. It felt like uh, Ryan Murphy finally like giving into the fact that Quinn is not the evil bitch that you set her out to be, you know, like right. She is. You wanted her to be Sue Sylvester, but she's really not, and that's what makes her so compelling. So, yeah, um, yeah I I loved this moment um, between the two of them because you don't get. I mean, you do get. You do get. I was gonna say you don't get emotion from Sue. Yes, you do. Sue is a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. She's never displayed an emotion <laughs> once in her life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no anger, no nothing. No, um, uh, yeah, but this was a, a a great tender moment between the two of them. I think a lot of what mm-hmm. makes graduation episodes in general, this scene or just this episode in general, is like it, it really brought me back to this feeling of like when she says that to Quinn, like you, you know you're gonna uh, you're gonna do big things or whatever she says to her there. It's like they really give you this feeling towards the end of high school that like the world is yours. You are going out there and you're yeah. going to make a change and it's your time now and you're the next generation and you're going to do this. And then you get out of high school, you graduate, you know, the summer comes and you're just chilling and then maybe you go to school and it's like, okay, wait, wasn't I supposed to like be president by like tomorrow or something like that? Like, wasn't <laughs> I supposed to take over the world? So it's like very, like they, they super glamorize that whole era of your life to be like, this is it. This is your time now. Like finally it's our time now. Let's, let's put it in those perspectives. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not, I mean, <laughs> sorry to break it down anybody listening that maybe are you a senior in high school relax a little bit because it's not as exciting as they make it seem uh it's great to be out of that high school world uh, at least for myself it was great to like college is wonderful to to just move on from high school and to like have that extra bit of freedom of whatever uh you know that that comes along with uh that you're forced to do all this stuff in high school whatever it is um but i don't know i was this episode really just kind of like brought that idea back to me of like you know, even in a graduation ceremony, they're like, this is the class and uh, the class of 20, whatever that you're going to be it. You're going to do it. You're going to be the next doctors and this and that. And I'm like, there's probably like one doctor in my graduating class and that's it. Like the rest of us are just chilling. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just had to get that thought out. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Sorry to be so pessimistic. I mean, 
no, I mean, no, there's, I mean, there's truth to that. It definitely is. I mean, adulting is hard. It's not, it's not easy. You know, you don't, you don't just get out of high school and everything is peachy keen. For some of us, it is. For some of us, a privilege it is. It's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the general, the general message of the, the the world really is yours. You get what you give. There are, there is some truth to that. I mean, I think that we all sort of, like when you leave high school, you are given options of a path some of us have better options than others i think that we should never forget that point but i think that just the idea that you can do whatever it is that you want to do is is valid and it's it's exciting because you're no longer in the position of someone telling you do this Mm -hmm. you can go to school and do whatever the fuck you want to do or not and do whatever the fuck you want to do it's all what you you make of it and so that's it's a it is a very exciting time um for people whenever they move on and it's kind of like the it's kind of like the same thing when you leave college but uh, way to a lesser extent because you've been out and like you've been disillusioned at that point so you know that it's like not <laughs> yeah, you got to know what's on the other years. end at that point yeah so it's like okay i mean i'm excited to be done with classes and everything and the stress of that shit but ain't nothing out there but bills and life so right. yeah but it's still i mean but but there's i mean it's still your life you know so live it you know it leads to some uh, emotional graduation episodes, like I said. So we'll yeah. take it. We got we got puck playing glory days mm-hmm. because glory you know days. for some of these some of these people these are their glory days. Like you know for a lot of people, high school is it. It's like the best time of their life. That was not true. That was not my experience. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> I hated high school. Like I. Definitely- <laughs> to get out of the 7th through 12th program that I was enrolled in. I spent way too much time at Morgan Park. Um, oh, with 7th through 12th. Yeah, yeah. I went to... Um, see, I I uh, share the affliction of many, many people of but my you generation. Weren't, you weren't, like, in... Like, were, were you walking in the halls with 7th graders when you were in 12th grade, though? Or was it split? Like, was the building split? No, the building's... So there was an old building. We, I went to my my school became a six through twelve school, but mm-hmm. six through eighth grade was still in one section, and then right. nine through twelve was still in another section. It really did depend. They they kind of had wings of the school that were for certain things. So mm-hmm. there was a place that was like the art wing. There was like the sciences area. There was like gotcha. the math area. So you could be walking in the same place as a seventh grader but they their their bells were also different than ours so mm. there were bells that we just fully ignored by the time we got to high school because oh, they that's weren't kind of annoying us. ew yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was really annoying um it was a whole thing but yeah being in the same school from seventh through twelfth grade which i didn't have to do like this was my fault really i could have graduated after sophomore year um, because I, I had a good, a really good GPA. I had all the credits I need. I was just afraid to go to college. <laughs> okay. I was, yeah, I, that like, is, yeah, that's, yeah. That's scary. So they I They had like programs stayed. like that. Yeah. They had programs like that at my school where like you could, like if you, you could, what some kids would like attend some college courses, but then mm-hmm. come back to school, um, for the rest of the courses. So they were like getting the credits and like getting a head start, but they didn't have to necessarily leave high school yet. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that. We didn't have that. But um, I, by the time I was a senior, it like the only thing I was in school for 
was extracurricular activities. I had art class, which was the only required class I had to take. And then I took like an AP creative writing. And then I just had service periods um, and debate. Like I, there was no purpose for me being in school at all, but I was there for a very long, like, like from like 7 a.m. until like 8 p.m. every day. I mean, high school because is of a, debate. A public school or, or not public school. Uh, uh, education before uh, before you before the college level, whatever that's called, uh, whatever the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for is there. It's basically just you know glam- <laughs> glamorous babysitting. Uh, you know, you're too young to uh, yeah. be doing anything on your own. Uh, it gives you a place to go where you can learn uh, a thing or two while, while taking a bunch of uh, stupid tests and yeah. uh, having somebody watch you at all hours of the day. That's the way I exactly. Say. And your parents don't have to do it. They can go to work or do whatever it is that they do if they don't work and someone else is in charge of you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, for some people that's like the peak of their lives is high school. Um, I liked high school. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I loved it, but I had a lot of fun in high school. I think college is probably a lot better mm -hmm. for me. Um, But I, I would, I would go back for a year of either experience just to relive it. I would, I would totally do it. My nightmares come from me being back in a high school and like, (laughs) I I find out that I still have a year to go. That's, that's my like main biggest nightmare. I would read, I would redo sophomore year in a heartbeat. Sophomore year of high school was a lot of fun and I'd probably redo sophomore year of, of college as well. Sophomore year of college is pretty fun too. All right, I'm traumatized. Uh, can we move on? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as as Latani mentioned, we're gonna get glory days here. Puck finds out that he's able to graduate because Quinn gave him a big old kiss and reminded him that he used to be this big, powerful, tough guy who didn't let anything stop him. Okay, cool. Um, and he and he's going to go on to graduate with uh, these other seniors. Uh, we don't get to watch them graduate in alphabetical order because, of course, uh, Kurt and Finn and Rachel have to be the last three to go. So you know, mm-hmm. do your thing, uh, whatever order you want to go in. Um, Everybody comes out in their uh, bright red robes to graduate and, you know, everybody's here to celebrate and uh, graduation's a lot of fun. I, I do feel for the rest of the class of 2012 there at McKinley High who are not in the Glee Club that yeah. they are just background characters <laughs> at their own graduation. Um Completely no one hidden else behind. graduated. No, nobody else graduated. Um, they yeah. just, I mean, they're standing on stage, so maybe they graduated, but they don't get their names called. Their parents are probably not even there. Um, this is only about the Glee kids. <laughs> Fuck them so. kids. <laughs> you know, sorry to the rest of them, but that's where we are at here. Um, and, you know, everybody's excited and, you know, happy until we get to the scene where, you know, they're going to open up their letters and find out that Finn and Kurt did not make it. Rachel did. And we already kind of talked about all of this uh, as well here. So um, I don't know. Is there anything, uh, Latanya, that we did not specifically touch on that you wanted to uh, get into? Um. Hmm. It's a very big episode. You know, there's a lot going on. It you know, is a really big episode. A couple different characters and, you know, a lot of emotions coming out. We get, you know, of course, at the end with Roots Before Branches, that really ties it all together of just, <gasps> it's the end. It's goodbye. Branches. I mean, we, you know, we could talk about the fact that the letter size is completely, it makes no sense. Like, Oh, yeah. we. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the what? Like, I mean. The, the 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 size of the letter that Rachel got. Oh yes, 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 yes. It's accepted. a tiny little piece of paper. Like, yeah, it, that yeah. would never happen. Like when they when they put them all when you because you see them all put them down. I'm like, oh, they all got out. They all they didn't get in there. <laughs> like, right. Season four, here we come. <laughs> Let's exactly. try it again. Like, These idiots didn't get into school. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. They no, we we covered a lot of things. 
Yeah. We, we could talk real quick about Artie and the underclass folks uh, dedicating in my life to Finn, essentially for being popular and still deigning yeah. to be in the Glee Club. Thank you for being popular. Thank yeah, you we for lo- making us feel good. We love <laughs> that high school is such a place where people don't feel safe and comfortable that we have to specifically thank the people who do make us feel safe and comfortable for not being assholes. Exactly. It's really, yeah. you know, it's yeah. really touching. But uh, no, it's a good moment for Finn uh, and, and you know, all the underclassmen who are just appreciating. And uh, Kurtz was pretty much the exact same thing. Of uh, It was about, all you know, all the guys, I guess he was saying. But, uh, you know, it's also specifically kind of towards Finn there who uh, embraced him as his, uh, you know, his brother and um, really kind of made sure after uh, after things went bad in season two to kind of keep an eye out on him for the rest of the, their time together in school. So and I like that we get some Carol and Bert in the episode. It's nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Latanya, we're gonna That's we're gonna sweet. be getting to the end where we talk about our least favorite songs. But since you obviously weren't with okay. us the first time in this episode, uh, what, what's your favorite uh, cover or song from performance from this episode? Um, hmm. that is an excellent question we that I Will certainly Schuster, have an answer to. Forever young, we um, I'll remember. Not that. <laughs> um, I've got all the songs. I got underlined all of them in my notes. Um, I'll remember really got to me, I think. Um, I, I'm also a big fan of In My Life, because, you know, you can't really go wrong with a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's one, it's one between those two. Um, well, maybe In My Life. Well, then what's your least favorite? Because um, that's what we care about. The negative here. Yeah. So... I, I'm not going to say Roots Before Branches, which I would have said uh, before this viewing, frankly. Yeah. Um, there was something about this viewing and, and seeing, you know, like everything that we talked about, like the journey that they went on during that scene um, and appreciating that song more. So probably Will Schuster and his vest singing Forever Young was my my least favorite that's no, gonna be mine too. Um, it's and I sorry to Aman who just came in here saying, "Oh, I just found a new appreciation for that one." Oh so no, I don't no, think it's be gonna... sorry. It's it's mine too. I just oh really? It more than I, yeah. Okay. okay I, I just appreciate it more than I that I have in the past. Like it's not my least favorite as much. Yeah. But it's still my least favorite. I, I think enjoy all the others. More. My chalk pick usually would have been um, I'll remember from Kurt, but like I said, I'm giving Kurt uh, numbers more appreciation this time around, or at least I'm trying to. <laughs> um, so I went into that one like I really want to enjoy this, and I did. Um, I didn't have to really force myself into it. So um, both Good. of those were kind of uh, on the on the lower side for me out of the the numbers in here. But yeah, Forever Young will ultimately be, I guess, all three of ours uh, least favorite from the episode. So. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, let's let's look into our slushy ratings here, which, uh, of course, on a scale of zero to five, zero means we loved the episode, but not slushy at once. Five means we hated the episode and everything about it. And I do not remember what Aman and I gave it the first time. We'll give our updated slushy ratings now and kind of look back on it after to see what we had. Um, Aman, do you have a, a number in mind? So I know that I said that I think that this uh, discounting the finale the series finale because I think that that's a separate kind of category. Um, I think this is the best one. So that means that I would have to give it a lower rating than the others. I just know that there's not a zero slushy episode because of the fact that there are just some problems that I still can't ignore, even though I think this is the best one. So I'm just going to go with a 0.5 okay. slushy rating. 
Um, I am in a similar boat to you, uh, not the exact same boat because I don't think this is the best. I feel like for me, season one is going to stick out as the best. Um, just it was there weren't as high of stakes. I enjoyed the way that it ended of, you know, obviously they weren't going to win there, but they still felt all the camaraderie together. Um, and then uh, obviously all the Quinn and Jesse of it all that happens there is a lot of fun for me. So um, I do feel like so far I'm going to go uh, season one is the best followed by this one, followed by season two. Um, and my rating is going to reflect that where I'm going to give this only one slushy. So uh, right in the middle of those two ratings. And I did just look and uh, those are the exact ratings we gave it the first time around so not much has changed you gave it half slushy Hmm. i gave it one so i'm sorry i because i'm dumb and they're numbers um (laughs) is so the rating is between zero and five right or one and five zero and And, five and you can can go with half is the worst uh five is yes five means you're slushy five five times because it's a terrible episode oh got it okay Okay, do you, that makes sense now. Do you have an idea where you would fall in this uh, elaborate slushy ranking scale? Yeah, Rings? I'd probably say about a 1.5. I I was I I I think it is because I completely agree with you in rewriting the season order for these two last two episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there are components of this episode that should have been in episode 20 one mm-hmm. and uh episode 22 should have just been nationals and maybe components of this episode um this felt like a prologue to the end of a of a movie that had already had an ending as aman said there's like three different finales to this season mm-hmm. 100% 100% it's like the episode ends uh sorry the season it kind of ends with that uh nationals and everybody's exciting and celebrate excited and celebrating and i really you know if i could go back in time what i would say to ryan murphy and all <laughs> of them uh as they were writing this out and decided to put the episodes in the opposite order of where i think they should be but it is what mm-hmm. it is so all right 1.5 uh from latanya one from me and a half from aman so uh we're all in generally the same area uh it's definitely not a bad episode i don't think any of us would say uh by any means it's uh got a lot of good stuff but could have had a little bit more to make it perfect um and then the last activity here is of course uh giving out a shoe star to the worst person in this episode (laughs) and aman i know you were struggling with this a couple episodes ago because i think it was the season one finale you were like really nobody was bad here i'm really feeling that here um i i'm still gonna force you to and myself to give it to somebody because that's the point of this but it's hard to find somebody in this episode that's like actively bad did we lose aman um no i oh, think he's thinking he's just thinking <laughs> i was pulled away from the tab <laughs> i mean looking at all of our, our main characters here everybody gets their you know their wrap-up story everybody gets you know uh even the ones that are, are less so getting uh, their story it's not like they're doing anything wrong it's just the writers <laughs> if anything yeah ryan murphy call us we would like to discuss with you <laughs> issues with your writing please Latanya, does I, anyone stand out for you as uh, somebody in this episode that you would give the uh, the LVP essentially the shoe star, the worst mm, person in the episode? Tina, what did Tina do? <laughs> Nothing. That's my point. <laughs> this is Tina. Uh, maybe Will Schuster. He's always a good candidate. I mean, the, the word is named after him. Yeah. I I guess the you know the rest of the people in the episode are legitimately trying. Right. You know what I mean. So it's kind of hard to pick an LVP here 
without, you know, I can say the least valuable storyline was Mercedes because she barely got one. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make her the LVP. Just means that we need people to write Mercedes better. Right. I see him on still again. Uh, what a great I joy that I see you Quinn. here. Okay, uh, maybe it's Quinn because like Quinn's entire arc during this episode is that she kisses Puck to like <laughs> motivate him to do well at school, and which it works. is like what? Yeah, but also like have some self respect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I kind of agree with that. I mean, you are like confessing your love for Puck, and then you're about to leave him because you're going to Connecticut, and he damn sure isn't coming with you. So, it is a, I mean, but it's but she's trying to be sweet, and she realizes that she does sort of care for him. I don't I'm know. Give I it don't... to Puck. I I am just yeah. jumping in because I have you my could, answer. What did he do? Um, did he even have his name called during graduation? I don't know. He was too busy singing. He did. He did. Well, what did he do okay. is not – I don't really have a great answer for that. It's just I think I'm I'm going to be a little bit resentful towards him for, A, taking up time in the finale that could have gone to, like, a Mercedes <laughs> or somebody else uh, because we had to focus on him being stupid and not passing his test because he just doesn't care enough. It's not like – like, you can argue that, like, Brittany maybe isn't doing well because, like, her brain is – different um that's a nice way to say it um puck just doesn't care and the fact that we have to devote time to see if he's going to pass or fail the, the the course here um because again he just doesn't care so i'm going to hold that against him a little bit and also you know maybe quinn's uh, ending here would have been less so uh the way that it is uh revolving around the puck of it all there if uh puck just had his shit together so um i'm just gonna you know again uh it's it's really hard to pick out somebody here that is uh, the worst in an episode where everybody's trying their best as latanya said but um, i'm just gonna give it to puck yeah i don't know giving it to puck doesn't really seem right to me uh latanya are you are you uh landing with quinn or anybody else stand out i think i'm gonna go with quinn um it's just you know she's not really doing a lot she doesn't even really have feelings or emotions about the fact that everyone's leaving i mean we're gonna see that that. yeah in season four she's like moved on she's good yeah she's got her got her memories and she's ready to go uh be rich and successful and married or whatever the hell so yeah i guess ryan murphy and i are aligned in uh not liking quinn oh i hate to hear it Uh, I guess I'll give mine to Santana. Whoa! Because... <laughs> Change your answer. Because wow. she was fully prepared to just stick behind in Lima and do nothing because Brittany was going to. At least with Rachel, there was a plan. She'd already been accepted to school. Well, I guess Santana had been accepted as well on a full scholarship. Okay, yeah. But she had a plan... She knew what she was going to do. She was going to help her friends get in with her. Like there was like a whole set thing. I think it was a good moment for her character. But to make the decision to just stay behind when you know that there's something that you really want to do, like it's like regression to me. And yes, she does make the decision in the end, but it's only because her mom sort of like gives her her blessing and she really still doesn't even do it. I guess it's kind of cheating because it's moving forward into the future. She still doesn't even do it. She goes to fucking Kentucky. So yeah, I'm going to give it to, to Santana. I'm mad at you. Uh, Santana's only gotten two shoe stars. This is what happens when you force me to give it to somebody for, for like, nitpicking. Well, the, she's only gotten two in this entire uh, rewatch series, and they're both from you. So you and I are going to have to have a talk uh, off air. Um, um, <laughs> she ain't perfect, baby. I love it. 
that's all. Let's keep this going. (laughs) That's all we have here for uh, the season three finale. Of course, we still have a couple more to get to um, in the upcoming weeks. But uh, Latanya, thank you for joining us here. Thank you so much for having me. This is just so fun to be able to like unabashedly have no problem in like letting my Gleek flag fly. I love it. I love being here. Yeah. The safest of spaces. Not many of those exist for the Gleeks out there. It's hard to uh, no. running around talking about Gleeks. It's, on the it's hard out here for I got a Gleek. made fun of today by Jordan Kalish on the internet. Like, that's oh, how you know it's bad. No. Come on. That's how you know. What did he even say? Yeah. It was like, uh, I was it talking was about the new challenge cast, uh, and I was saying how much I was annoyed that Ben and Sarah are supposed to be gonna, uh, are going to be on there. I was like, oh, they're going to ruin my other favorite show. And he's like, oh, they're going to be on Glee. I was like, shut up, Jordan Kalish. I'm so- well, we can talk about that. Wow. Now. Uh, oh, that's what. Well, whatever, Jordan. Um, <laughs> and and uh, look, he even worked his way into getting a shout out. Ugh, jerk. Um, okay. Uh, Latanya, where can everybody find uh, everything that you have going on these days? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at LK Starks. You can follow me on Instagram at Stormborn1222 because I too was born during a storm. Um, I just don't have a dragon yet. Um, and I am going to be, well, I just finished up podcasting about Pam and Tommy, which is a show that happened on Hulu and, uh, me and Zed and Ariel talked about it. Um, and we talked about the things that are going to be happening for Pam Anderson in the near future. So maybe we'll come back to talk about those things, uh, once they are out, Um, We also released our second um, Oscars podcast, Um, me, Grace, and Ariel again. Um, We talked about uh, the best actress, supporting actress, actor, supporting actor categories, and uh, made our predictions as to who we think will win. uh, Because, yeah, watch all the films, listen to our podcasts about uh, the first podcast is about the films and best director um and you know get ready because it's coming you know we're getting down to the the wire and you got to get your oscar ballot ready um because that's always fun (laughs) um i will be hosting uh the post show recaps coverage of atlanta which is returning march 24th i'm very excited about it i'm going to be doing that podcast with my co-host mari fourth and Chappelle, and uh, we're having an insecure reunion to talk about another black show on post show recaps. Like, you can't really get any better than that. Um, and um, yeah, there are a couple other projects that I can't really talk about yet, they're kind of secret projects, Ooh. but yeah, so keep an eye out, um, especially on Twitter because that is where I am the most at LK Starks, and you'll find out. Yes, the uh, Insecure coverage was uh, a lot of fun, as I was saying before we even started here. Uh, I was really enjoying all of that. And uh, well, yeah, everybody will have to go check out the Atlanta coverage to uh, get the continuation from that amazing panel um, and everything else that Latanya has going on over on uh, PSR. And uh, yeah, good stuff all around there. So Aman, uh, what, what's going on with you? Anywhere else, Drag Race? Yep. Um, Drag Race 14, the season that keeps on seasoning. Um, we will continue <laughs> podcasting over there at RHAP Rahap Ups. Um, fully into Big Brother Canada 10 uh, podcasting as well. I will be on the roundtable this week 
and that is it for now. Okay. Um, personally, not a whole lot going on. It is not the challenge season at the moment. So, uh, all I got is being here with you, uh, every so often, whenever we get a chance to sit down and record, it's been getting busy for, I think both of us lately. So, uh, getting a little harder out here for, uh, two Glee podcasters, but we're making it work. We're making it happen. So two more, uh, three more finales still to go in the series. Um, that's all we have for now. So thank you again, Latanya for joining us. Um, that's all I got. I'm on, get us out of here. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, Matt's at Malagori. I'm at Amon Adwin. You can follow us individually as well as the uh, the account for the podcast at the Choir Room or Choir Room Pod rather. Um, and leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. We read them a lot on the show. And if that's it, we will glee you guys later.